Hi guys. I have some fun on here. I'm gonna suck your fucking dick. All right, and welcome to the Totally Inappropriate Radio Show here on the Skyhawk After Dark Radio Network. Skyhawk After Dark. All right. All right, protection booth, your turn. Come on, let's hear the jingle. Oh my God, who the hell cares? We're we're listening to your interpretation of it. You sound like the electric company when you do it, though. You sound like one, two, three, four. Five, then what do you six. sound like when you do it? I'm not doing it. Why not? Because you're, I did it last. Because you're week. no fun. I yeah, because you don't participate. Is that it? I'll give you a participation f- trophy. You just don't want to be part of the reindeer games. You just want to throw a little piss fit. You want to be a Karen. <laughs> you want to call for the manager. The Skyhawk Radio Network. <laughs> <laughs> All right, folks. If you didn't know because you've been living under a rock, I am the legendary icon, living legend herself, Kimber motherfucking Haven. I know you've heard of me. Everybody has. But it's time I shed some of my my sunshine that bask upon me every day on others, and I allow others to introduce themselves. So, the the less important people of the show. Who do I get to my left? I'm the not so legendary, not so known. People have never heard of me, Lexus Steele. <laughs> wow, you are a great hype man. Why why haven't I hired you as my hype man? You don't need a hype man. You've got your own. <laughs> you just sound so like it's full of your own self-worth. Have you seen my life? <laughs> what, what's bad about your life? You live in a big mansion. You were in the hot tub the other day with me. Try walking in my shoes just for a little bit. You have slippers on. <laughs> How tough could it be? <laughs> You have I'm not talking about on. my literal shoes, you dumbass. When you wake up, you're left alone. Are you not? Eventually, no, once you go to work. Nobody bothers you. Well, the, the, the dogs do a lot. Not like they do me. Well, no, not, not like they do you, but they do bother me. Maybe we should just put them down. <laughs> You don't have to worry about yours. She's just doing that to herself. Oh, that's fucked up. Don't be. And so, so anyway, so what, what's your deal? You're introducing yourself here. What's the what's the your deal to the world here? My you're, deal to the world. Yeah, you're just a fucking. Oh, I'm not famous. I'm not jack shit. I'm like. I like deal. it that way. It, uh, don't get it wrong. Okay. I okay, like it that way. Okay. 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 All right. Let's go to the production booth. What's up up in there, uh, production booth? 
Okay, here we go with the production booth. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Quite the build-up you gave yourself. Raven rocks. <laughs> are you basking that, that, in that's your power? For, that's for all my video game nerds. <laughs> they all ba- know what that is. Are you basking in the power of the buttons? Yes, because I can. Basking in the power of the board. <clears throat> you know, I'm impressed, Raven. You actually set up the board correctly. Oh, <laughs> taking swings already. What are you talking about? What? You couldn't even turn the fucking board on. I'm not the one coming at you, bro. Why are you turning on me? Because <laughs> you're an antagonizer. You love to antagonize. I didn't say nothing. I wasn't the one coming at you. I don't know why I was your chosen target. Because you're the easy target. So, first thing I want to do on today's show is I want to address uh, a concern. Uh, we had um, we had a listener uh, hit me up on Twitter addressing the concern that on your uh, dead news uh, last week we did not um, we did not um, announce the passing of Terry Funk. I, w- I was told that we had missed Terry Funk, uh, which, of course, I informed the girls of, and they said, who the fuck is Terry Funk? Hey. I, I know who Terry Funk is. Like apparently, I, apparently, he wants the funk. Yeah, like I explained to the girls, uh, what you as the American people most likely know Terry Funk for is he played the head bouncer that Patrick Swayze f- fired immediately that, that was in charge. They replaced uh, the guy that says, uh, you don't look like much. I, I heard you have balls as big as whatever. You don't look like much to me. And he says, opinions vary. And he gives that mean look with his little like Jufro going on. Yeah, that was Terry Funk. But I had to inform this listener that nobody gives a fuck about Terry Funk. If, if, if you're a grown ass man and you care that much about wrestling, you didn't get made, laid much when you were young. That, that, that's how it works out. That's how it works out. If you are watching wrestling that much, where you know who the fuck Terry Funk is. I only knew uh, who Terry Funk was because I know everything. I am all knowing. I had someone ask me at work the other day if I watched wrestling, and then they proceeded to tell me that they went and watched wrestling, and then they were surprised that there was only like, 40 or 50 people there watching wrestling. I, I mean, it's, uh, it's something. But you know, there's surprisingly a lot of people into it. And the I only know. reason I know is because I accidentally bought a wrestling shirt one time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't even know what, what fucking it represents. Hey, the only thing I knew was there was a skull on it. And I was like, hey, that's a pretty cool skull because I'm into skulls. But... The rest of the day, people proceeded to stop me and say, yeah, yeah, cool, man, cool. And I'm yeah. just like, what All the those fuck? guys were overwhelmed because they thought it was the coolest thing they had ever seen, that a chick was actually into wrestling. <laughs> these motherfuckers don't get laid a lot. So when they saw a girl wearing a wrestling shirt, they were like, this is the one I have to marry. I mean, these motherfuckers have, pre, you know, like plastic belts hanging up and shit in their house. It's like. Oh, it's not like um, plastic helmets. No, not at all. Oh, now she's coming at you. (laughs) Stormtrooper helmets are cool. It's like, you know, everybody needs one. Yeah, and I'm sure those guys say, you know, WWE belts are cool. (laughs) 
So there, there's been a recent poll. Uh, I was watching a video about this poll, and I found it, I found it like, well, yeah, I knew that kind of poll, but to have it confirmed was hilarious to me, and it has to do with the Republican Party, um, which is absolutely hilarious, this, this poll, because it's not really political per se, but it just shows why they're angry so much, Okay. The new poll says that 76% of women ages 18 through 34 consider being a Republican a red flag for dating. I've seen that. Yeah, so 76% of women are immediately turned off if you're a Republican. These motherfuckers can't get laid with a $100 bill sticking out of their pocket. That's why they're so fucking hate-filled and angry, because they can't get laid because they're fucktards. So, yeah, almost 80% of the women in this country will have nothing to do with a man if he's Republican. It's because they want to keep him barefoot and pregnant. Yeah, it, it just represents toxic masculinity and mm-hmm. misogyny and racism. And that's how they perceive it. Women 18 through 34 perceive Republican as basically <clears throat> people who stand for everything that's horrible. They stand for uh, anti-woman's rights and anti-everybody's rights, really. And racist and just just horrible people. So, yeah, they can't get fucking laid in this country because 80% of the women, almost 80, 76%, uh, immediately consider being a Republican and being part of the Republican Party to be a red flag in any dating scenario. So if you're on a date and um, he brings up, yeah, I'm a Republican, most women, 76%, won't call that guy again. Won't have another day. Would you? <laughs> I would leave right then. I'd be like, here's money for dinner. Thanks. See ya. Well, you know, Republican men would at least pay for dinner. And I, I want to do a public service on the show tonight. And I want to try to teach men something that might be listening that may not be aware of a woman's perspective. Now, I've been on both <laughs> sides. I know coin. where she's going. Um, well, n- well, no, I'm I'm talking about uh, manliness is what I'm talking about, and how women feel about manly men, and how toxic male behavior makes you perceived in our eyes as a complete fucking joke. It, the 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 way we perceive masculinity, manliness, is you should be manly without having to prove to us you're manly. Just in the way you carry yourself and the the way you treat us. Okay? But if you have to puff out your chest and do things to prove you're manly around your bros, we see you as a fucking joke. True. Women see people like Joe Rogan as a fucking joke. People like Andrew Tate as a fucking pathetic joke. We consider guys who are like trying to prove how manly they are to the world to be a fucking pathetic joke. A real manly, a a man doesn't have to fucking talk about how manly he is. He doesn't have to talk about being manly. He doesn't have to do things to prove he's fucking manly. He just is. He's not walking around having... You can say that with anything, though. What, the more you talk shit about, the less you can back it up? 
like the more you talk about whooping somebody's ass, the less tough you really are because actual tough people just whoop your ass and yes. won't talk about it. Well, like Dave Batista. He his mother's lesbian and he is extremely LGBT supportive. And when I see a guy like that, that to me is even more manly than an extremely homophobic man. Cause you know, he's comfortable, so comfortable that he doesn't feel like he needs to lash out at people that make him uncomfortable. Of course, M black knows a white wrestler. If any black guy would, it'd be M. Black. <laughs> nerd. Fucking nerd. You know, that's the thing. You know, like, you would think it would be cooler than it really is. But, like, a Star Wars nerd is pretty well equivalent to a wrestling nerd. They're considered nerds. I mean, you would consider wrestling a little man- more manly than Star Wars, but it really isn't. Because if you're heavily into wrestling, you're considered as big of a fucking nerd as I am, buddy. <laughs> because nobody, at least you admit it. Yeah, nobody considers being into wrestling fucking cool. It's nerdy as fuck. You would think it would be cooler than Star Wars, but it isn't. It's not any cooler than Lego. Well, being into wrestling is cool <laughs> when you're like twelve. Yeah, but if you're an adult, then it. You know, being into Star Wars figures is cool when you're twelve. <laughs> But, you know, as an adult being into Star Wars figures, you're a fucking nerd. And if you're an adult and you're into wrestling, you're a fucking nerd. That's just how it goes. So in black, you're a fucking nerd. <laughs> That's just how it goes. Jesus, you're like calling out our fans. Oh, whatever. I think I stopped listening to you. He knows I love him to death. Big old teddy bear. <laughs> so I, I want to ask you, uh, girls, um some questions just to get to know you a little bit better because i like to pick your brains and figure out if i if, if i can learn new things about both of you so when you were a teenager and we'll start off with you alexis when you were a teenager not a kid because when you're a kid uh is fiction what i'm about to ask you but when you're a teenager you're giving it thought when you were a teenager and you were knowing you were about to go into the world and you start getting an understanding of careers and jobs. What did you want to do for a living? Now, the, the reason I said not as a kid, because that's just fiction. You could say an astronaut, a cowboy. But by the time you're a teenager, you have a logical view of the world to a point where you know what's realistic for you to accomplish. So when you were a teenager, what was your path you thought you would take? What did you want to do for a living? Either a detective or crime scene analyst. Okay, uh, I, you know, uh, okay. <laughs> Not your typical little girl stuff. I've but always been into the morbid shit. I don't know why, but yeah. You're like Wednesday Adams. Yeah. <clears throat> <clears throat> so you wanted to be like a homicide detective and shit. Yeah. And see gruesome crime scenes. It's not about seeing it. It's about solving it. What gets me? Okay. Okay. Yeah. Disturbing. <laughs> Pair that with, with all the crime shows you watch. and that's, I'm, I'm, I'm married to a sociopath. That's good. That's good to know. Mm-hmm. So, uh, Raven, wh- how about you? What would you, when you were a teenager, what did you want to, what path did you want to take? Believe it or not, I actually wanted to be a graphic artist. 
Really? Yeah. So what exactly does a graphic artist do? Do they make graphs? Yeah, they make graphs. <laughs> I'm just fucking with you. What, what exactly is the definition of graphic artist? Because wasn't so like, much, all millennial is one. Yeah, it wasn't so much like a traditional artist where you paint portraits and, you know, vases and shit on tables. and Just use like, clip art or something? Yeah, clip art. Just rearrange it on Adobe Photoshop yeah. and shit? No, it was more like um, like commercial art. Um, I wanted to do stuff like that. Commercial art. So what is that exactly? Because the reason I ask this, because it seems like every millennial oh, is a graphic artist. And every time I fucking ask them what exactly is a fucking graphic artist, I can never get a logical answer to what the fuck. I think it's like that that disease they told you you had that's just uh, <laughs> catch all. It, 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 or like being an influencer, it no. just covers all ground. No, I, I thought it would be really fun to like design logos for companies. Um, okay, so it's logo design is what it is. Oh, fuck you. <laughs> Encompassed everything. They put the little swirly, the pigtail back, in Ford. Back right? then, back then, I mean, Windows 95 was like the going thing. So you didn't have the... The Nike stuff. designer really went all uh, out yeah, there. Yeah, okay, I got it now. <laughs> See, I've been looking for a logical answer what the fuck a graphic artist is, and now I know what it is. It's basically a human label maker. You make logos. Gotcha. Not necessarily. I just, oh, fuck off. <laughs> <laughs> what did you want to do? Uh, well, we had some family. It was a cousin of either my mother or a father i don't really remember i was very young i was maybe 13 14 and he came in from out of town he was a truck driver that worked for hunts trucking and i remember he came into town and we met him at a restaurant a big parking lot because he was on the road he was passing through and my dad or my mom wanted to see him so we were talking to him and he gave me a full tour of his truck inside and everything as sleeper i thought was the coolest thing i'd ever seen at that age and, you know, because of my personality, I was always used to being alone. He was talking about how he spends all his time alone and he sets his own schedule. And to me, it sounded like the job that was, you know, built for me because I love to be alone and set my own schedule and work. However, he said he could work as much as he wants or as little as he wants. And, you know, I'm a workaholic. So I just started thinking I want to be a, a long distance truck driver. Um and he even told me that he would get me in, you know, get me a, a interview to a, a good school where I could get my CDC license and all that stuff. CDL? Yeah, that whatever. <laughs> whatever truck driver shit. But yeah, I wanted to be a, a long distance truck driver. Hong Kong, you know, have all those kids right by me and do the little Hong Kong thing. <laughs> You just wanted to do that because you saw the movie Convoy. That was cool, too. <laughs> that was cool, too. <laughs> yeah, Convoy was a cool movie. I was thinking about something the other day because I watched Friday the 13th. Why? No. Well, it wasn't Friday the 13th. It was Conjuring. No, no. La Llorona. <laughs> okay, La okay. okay. They, they, they just all get mixed together. Yeah. I, you know, it's the spooky season, and you know I love spooky shit, so okay. I had to start watching So Shirley. you're, you're going to have to, ex before you go further with this story, for all the gringos in, that are listening right now, you're going to have to explain who La Ladrona is. Llorona? I've never even heard of that. 
It's uh, white basically <laughs> the Mexican version of the boogeyman, except she's a female. Okay. So the story goes that... It's like a chupacabra, but less dumb. That <laughs> a woman had two children. She found her man um, cheating on her. So she took away the most precious gifts that he had, which was their kids. She went and drowned them by the river. And she went so crazy that she drowned her kids by the river. So she, the story goes that now she walks up and down the river crying, looking for children. So if you were bad, spooky. La Llorona would get you. Oh, she's going to get you. So I was watching the movie because I wanted to see how close to, you know, the fairy tale or the spooky story was. But I noticed something and I was like. That it sucked? Well, yeah, I kind of <laughs> did. But at the beginning of the film, it was set in 1976, okay? okay? The year I was born. And at the beginning of the film, she's typing on a paper because she's a social worker. And she typed in the phone number, and I was like, 310? That's in California. However, the area code. However, that didn't come around to the 90s, and I remember this because they switched our phone number. So they didn't do their homework. No. So she's one of those really fucking annoying people. <laughs> they but, see things in movies and point them out to try to ruin the film for everybody. But I wanted to know if you guys remembered your childhood phone number. Oh, yeah. No, I, do. I don't even. I, I Okay, I do know my phone number now, but that's only because I've had it 20 years. But that that's the only. I don't know any other number. They're 911. That's it. It's my personal number and 911. I couldn't tell you your phone number, and you've had it for 20 years. 315-348-8770. I do remember a time where we had to memorize that shit. I do. I or, remember. Or get a girl, write it down. I remember both my childhood phone numbers, and I'll tell you why. Like I said, in the 90s, they switched. They cut out a new section and put in a new area code, which was 310. That's the second one. The first one was three, uh, 213 Five three three one three seven zero. The second one was three one zero five three three five zero five zero. Well, whoever has it now might get prank phone calls. What the <laughs> fuck? That's not very responsible. And I remember my old address too, but I remember that all is my a address. lot of wasted knowledge. Is what it is. <laughs> you're taking up too much room on your hard drive. You're gonna have to clear that shit out where you can put better stuff in there, more relevant. So, oh, by the way, give me a, like a five-minute heads up before you're planning on leaving the show where I can do a restroom break. At 6.40, you can do that. Oh, can I? In Thank 20 you. minutes. So, there's a now, movie. Hold on, hold on. I did see one the other, well, it's been about two weeks ago, that if you haven't seen it, I wasn't expecting much, but I was actually pleasantly surprised if you're looking for something to watch in the spooky season. What? Ooh. Oh, sorry. It choked me up even even trying to say it. The Pope's Exorcist. I saw that pop up. It was actually pretty good. Okay. And it was a Russell Crowe movie, <laughs> too, so I wasn't expecting much, but Whatever. it actually wasn't bad. Whatever. I saw the preview pop Fuck up. Fuck off. All right, so there, there's this movie that was made in 1991. I'm pretty confident that Raven has watched this film and is would know exactly what I'm talking about. And I've watched this film, and it was a big deal in 91. However, knowing your history, Lexus, I know you haven't watched this fucking film because you didn't watch shit when you were growing up. 
So I wanted to tell you about the absolute lamest superhero movie they've ever made, ever. About the lamest superhero imaginable. Because it would take somebody who didn't watch this film to realize, just for me telling you about how lame this person is. Okay, this movie was called The Rocketeer. Now, do you remember this film? Vaguely. Okay. Now, what this guy is, let me tell you about this superhero, okay? He's a dude... And basically a motorcycle helmet with a jetpack. <laughs> yeah. And it doesn't work half the time. <laughs> Jesus Christ. That's it. Wow. That's his big contribution to superheroism. He's a normal dude. He can't even fucking fight where the fuck. He's a normal fuck up dude with what equates to a motorcycle helmet and a jetpack that only works half the time. Now his villains consist of a big guy. Not not a superpower guy, no. He's just a really big dude, which is terrifying to a regular guy with a fucking jetpack. And, oh, it's not even like an auto jetpack. No, 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 no. He actually has to hold these big handle things, these little handles in his hand, and pump this button to, like, the choke. <laughs> Try to get revved up. doesn't work half the time. So what you're wasn't, saying wasn't it set in like the 50s yeah. or 40s? But or they something? made a so a whole superhero movie about a dude in a motorcycle helmet that has a jetpack that hardly ever works. So you're saying he belonged in Mystery Men? He was horrible, <laughs> and they painted him as like they they were going to build a franchise around this dude, the Rocketeer. He was the lamest. I watched the superhero movie as a kid because I'm like, you know, Rocketeer. What's that all about? I was a young adult actually. And I, I was into superhero movies, and I'm watching this, and I'm like, okay. So this is just a dude who finds a stolen jetpack, and half the time it doesn't work, and a helmet, and he fights crime. Gotcha. And then I'm like, okay, where's the big villain? Oh, that guy's a cool guy, and what makes him so special? He's big. He's just a big guy. Piece of shit out of the Rocketeer. Rocketeer's only like five foot nine of nothing. It's not like Captain America here. We're not talking Captain America. No, no, no. He's just a normal dude. He's a Chad. A Chad with a jetpack that doesn't work. Okay. And they wanted to make a whole fucking franchise about this shit. I'm assuming it, it was such a forgettable movie. I, I really don't remember much of it, but I, I do remember seeing you it. You know when Black remembers it. He probably has a fucking poster. I'm I'm, I'm assuming it didn't take off. It did not. Yeah, it was a big Disney project. It was kind of like the Dick Tracy Just where they like were. Just like his jetpack. They were going for the family-friendly 50s shit. Like Dick Tracy, where they thought everybody in the 50s dressed in neon colors. What was that all about? It's like Dick Tracy was like fucking color palette vomited all over the fucking screen. Everything was like bright red and yellow and green and ugh. So just like his jetpack, it didn't take off. No. Nope. Why should there's a bug flying around my mic? Oh, so I wanted to pick your girl's uh, um, opinion about the Russell Brand situation. What he, you thought? He's fucked, literally. I don't know what's going on. Oh, he was accused of being a rapist. Oh. Not accused, found guilty. He wasn't found guilty. They just made the accusations, girl. Our justice oh, system wait, does wait. not I'm, work I'm, that quick. I'm thinking of uh, what's his name? Yeah, the Russell Brand. <clears throat> Russell Brand. You're talking about Danny Masterson. Yeah, yeah that's a different what I'm human about. being here. <laughs> you do know who Russell Brand is, right? Yeah. Okay. 
He's, he's a, a so-called comedian. Yeah, the English dude with the long curly hair looks really dirty and unkept, and he fucked a bunch of famous chicks that were hot. Because for some reason, women love him. I don't see him. how. He's an ugly dude. Yeah, uh, women love him, though. But yeah, he. I guess he's a rapist. And um, I, I guess he defended himself. He's like, I never raped anybody, but I've been forthcoming that I was promiscuous in my youth. Is he a Scientologist, too? <clears throat> it's another one of these situations where, you know, like, oh, you know, like 15 years ago, on October, one fucking sunny day, I remember being raped. Now, you know... I'm not, I'm not the kind of shithead that, that just fucking says, don't listen to these chicks, but Jesus fucking Christ. I, I know all the experts say that women go through a lot of trauma, so they don't immediately report it. I I get that. With Danny Masterson, the Scientologists tried to cover it up and they proved that they tried to cover it up for years. So I see why that didn't come out. Yeah, but this, I mean... I just think it's a sign of weakness. Strong women, if you cannot defend yourself and that does happen, well, then you immediately do something about it. You don't roll over for 15 fucking years and let that shit slide. That, to me, is just embodying the weak women. I know you went through fucking trauma, but get yourself up and do something about it and put that fucking guy in prison. You're going to let that motherfucker get away with it? Don't come up 15 years later and say, now I want to take care of it. Now I want to stand up for myself. Now I have the fucking guts to stand up for myself. You know... Fuck that shit. I'm fucking tired of defending these women and but saying, well, they go through trauma. With youth comes stupidity. And, I mean, we were all fucking stupid when we were young. Would you fucking wait 15 years to report being raped? I was a completely different fucking person back then. I probably would have. You don't think it's just fucking weak? Yes, I do. But at You're the same a woman. Time, I mean, I know I don't have any business talking about this shit. At the same shit, time, I was a completely different fucking person. Yeah, you I know, was meek. I didn't have a fucking voice, and I would not have stood up for myself. But now I'm a very fucking different person. Okay, with I want to hear your perspective. Though. With age <clears throat> comes wisdom. What do you think about when a woman brings up a rape that happened like 15 years ago? accuses a man now what are your thoughts as a woman about it it's hard because i see both sides of the coin i know i was a completely different person back then and i can sympathize with not having the strength to come forward but at the same time it's like fuck i mean you you've Lived 15 fucking years with this. It just, Why now? It just pisses me off because it seems like women complain about being put in a situation of being weaker and less than. But they help put themselves in that fucking situation for not standing up for themselves when they should. Yeah, but at the same time, we've been taught, you know... <clears throat> To be yes, yes people. I'm not going to report my car being stolen 15 years after the fucking fact. Totally different crime. It doesn't matter if it's violent. If I get assaulted, if I get my ass beat, if somebody bashes me down for being a fucking tranny, I'm not going to fucking report that shit 15 years after. Even if it's the most violent of crimes. Bitch, you're an adult now. You have a different mindset. 
No, the fact is women are fucking weak because they feel shame. That's the problem. That's why they don't report it. And then 15 because years they're later. Made. They're made to feel shameful. 15 because years later they when they know, lose their fucks. They know in court they're going to be painted as sexual deviants. Okay. It's always blaming the victim. Well, she was wearing this. What's, what the fuck does it matter what she was wearing? No, it's not about what they're wearing, though. I do have a counter argument, and it's going to sound douchey. But every time I hear these fucking women rape stories, it is pure, unadulterated fucking stupidity yes, that they young. put themselves into that situation. Yes. Because it's obvious that they have willingly put themselves under their own decisions into a situation which screams rape and said, okay. And then they fucking do that shit. And then they're shocked at the outcome. Every fucking story, every time they describe it, that, that they were drinking too much and that they were partying and they were fucking around with Russell Brand. What the, it's like you fuck around, you find out kind of thing. What, what the, it's the, the problem with this stupidity is they fucking put themselves in these stupid goddamn situations and then they report it 15 years later. And I'm supposed to feel sympathy, and I should. I, I should feel sympathy for any fucking woman in the world that is ever raped and has that done to them. I should feel sympathy, but I have a hard time feeling sympathy for women who willingly, by their own decisions, place themselves in an obviously dangerous predicament and then wait 15 fucking years to have the guts to do something about it. Okay. I don't feel sorry for them at that point. Here's the thing. When I'm a, I was molested, I was very young. You were the first person I told. And it was probably 15 years after. Okay. What do you think about that? What about it? Have you... Have you was I weak for not telling anybody? Have you reported it? No. Why not? Because it's family. If it wasn't? Or would you have just let it go and gone on with your life? Not that you ever should. I'm just saying that's what really happens. What do you mean that's what really happens? What really happens in most cases is if you don't report that shit, you don't report that shit. You just go on with your life. It happened. It's part of your childhood. You go so on with your life. Are you saying that these women are seeking some sort of 15 minutes of fame? No, what I'm saying is these women refuse to report it because they don't think that anyone will be sympathetic and they will be painted as whores. Because but it backfires. But it backfires because once they wait for 15 years, their sympathy is gone. Because most people cannot relate. Because what I'm saying is they're doing a disservice to themselves by not acting on it and waiting 15 years. Because if you put yourself, if you put yourself in that situation, just like the kid who ran over to North Korea. There is a source, there's a sense of embarrassment that comes with it. And you were molested and you never asked for that situation. But these women willingly make decisions as adults 
that put themselves into a bad situation. I agree with that, but there's you did not get any decision. That's why there is a sense of embarrassment that comes with it. I'm saying that there's an element to rape where there gets to a point where is it muddying the lines of consensual because these women and their stories, it sounds to me like it's pretty fucking consensual until it wasn't. And what I'm saying is they allow it to go so far. And then once it goes farther than they're comfortable with, they consider it rape. And what I'm saying is I have no sympathy for a woman that actually goes to this man's hotel room. What is she fucking going there for? She goes to Russell Brand. She's taking drugs. She's fucking drinking. She's partying all fucking night. And then she is making out with that motherfucker. And then she blows him and he, and then he wants to fuck her. She says no. And then he fucks her. How much muddy of a line does it where you fuck around, you find out? If you are a woman who's that fucking stupid, that you consistently make bad decisions after bad decision after bad but decision. That's how it our muddies, 20s were. It muddies the line of consensual because if you're going, if you're partying with this guy all night, if you're fucking going to his place, if you're drinking and you're fucking taking drugs and you've fucked before and all of a sudden this time it was too rough and now it was rape, it starts muddying the lines of sympathy towards a woman if she makes repeated bad decisions that makes it look like it was semi-consensual. You see what I'm saying? It's not like your situation was literally forced upon you and you had no decisions. This woman literally went out of her way to seek out this outcome. Most of these women that make these reports, you listen to the story, they go out of their fucking way to make this happen. And then when it may, when it does happen and it always starts the same, like they, they were making out or whatever. And then it went too far. So these guys don't know the line of what exactly is too far. But your 20s are full of regretful decisions. Yeah, so I'm not sticking up for rape in any way. I'm just saying that when a woman behaves in this way, the way I'm hearing all these stories of these celebrities coming out, what the woman's behavior indicated to me is a sequence over and over of bad decisions that blurs the line if this really was consensual, what did she think was going to happen? Now, one of these, because there's not a whole lot of details out right now, but one of the women that is making the accusation is saying she was only 16 years old when this happened. Oh, yeah, that's bad. See, that's immediate bad. Just like the Danny Masterson thing, except I looked into that gun thing. Nobody can prove it. It wasn't actually a proven fact. Nobody can prove that. Well, and Russell Brand is also denying all these and... Um, they're actually saying that there's witnesses that can refute what a lot of these accusations are claiming. Yeah, and I, I'm saying that I've heard... What, a, his paid buddies? And <laughs> What I'm saying is I've heard a lot of stories lately from these women that make me think like, because I've been in porn a long time and I look back on my life, that I'm sure there's a few women that could come forward and claim that I raped them. I didn't, but they may have felt uncomfortable. I may have done something during the scene that I didn't discuss with them or called them something that made them feel threatened and they didn't say until 10 years later. Well, in that point, 
You've got a waiver. <laughs> no, but the, the waiver just says they consent to be in film, not to be in raped. And they, they, they didn't feel comfortable with what I did to them. What I'm saying is if you listen to these stories, it starts really blurring lines, whether what the fuck, because it's starting to believe that if you have sex with somebody, it could come back and haunt you with more than an STD. What if that girl feels nowadays I mean, that you it, forced her in some way or it, she was drunk and she did, was in her right frame of mind? It is to the point where things are getting out of hand. It seems like at any point people just think. Okay, okay there's, there there's, are two four, in their feelings. there's four incidents. Only one. Right. Only one is rape. The other three are sexual assault. Now. What I'm wondering here is in this day and age, simply touching someone can be considered sexual assault. Yeah. So what what Hell, actually even happened? saying something yes. to somebody could be considered yes. sexual assault. So I'm trying I'm trying while well, you two were talking, I'm that's why I've been quiet. I've been trying to look up, you know, what actually happened, but I'm I'm guessing that there's not a whole lot of information out right now, but yeah, it's it, what I found is there's only one allegation of rape. Yeah, even saying Three, something to somebody could yes. be considered sexual assault. Yeah, so, so what is what well, is actually happening in these quote unquote sexual assaults? Yeah, now, see, my problem is if you're walking through a parking lot, guy grabs you, throws you around the corner, fucking brutally rapes you. That's fucking rape, but. All these stories I'm hearing keep sounding like fucking young party girls that fucking wanted to fuck around with a celebrity and fuck a celebrity and then went too far or years later they weren't comfortable. Or years later it came out in their family and they're like, no. And now they're lodging complaints and ruining these celebrities' lives when they sought them out to fuck them. They sought them out to fuck them. That's what I'm saying. In your 20s, you don't make great decisions. And then, you know, to come... To come out later on when you're grown and your brain has matured is a little fucked up. And I don't want to come off as a misogynistic asshole. So that's why I want you to chime in as a woman who has been raped. Yeah, but I mean, I don't remember it. So it's not like... Now, apparently they have text messages between the woman who claims she was raped who actually... Went to a rape crisis center, but never did press charges. And apparently these texts between her and Russell Brand, apparently at one point she says when a girl says no, she means no. Okay, but And his response was very sorry. So, here's, here's the thing. Why would you go to a rape crisis center and not press charges? And, and, and that's incorrect, by the way. When a girl says no, she means no, it's incorrect. I hate to burst your bubble like... Uh, when when Raven is on film and she's getting it really good, she just starts screaming, no, 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 yeah. no, no. It is so <laughs> abrupt that we've had co-stars jump off of her thinking that there's something wrong. Yeah, and I, I had to keep telling her, you can't fucking say that. <laughs> it just comes out. But it looks like they're raping you and there's not consent. So fucking performers are going to jump off you like you had the fucking plague as soon as you say no, no, no. Because they don't want this Russell Brand shit. So you say no during a porn set and, okay, for example, the whole Riley, uh, uh, what's her name? Kirsten. Riley Kirsten thing. 
Yes. What if Kirsten came back years later and said, I felt raped on that porn shoot? Yeah, I mean, <clears throat> she was definitely violated. So what I'm saying is not that I don't believe rape is real. Obviously, it's real. I just believe that all these stories with these celebrities I've been hearing are really blurring the lines of whether I think it's damaging women and making people take rape less seriously. I agree. Because it seems like they're really fishing to make a rape case here. I mean, here. At, at, at this point, 15 years later, I mean, there should be some sort of statue of limitation. Not for violent crime. Never runs out. Because. And so that's why we're getting all these rapes 20 years after the fact. And then the story comes out and it sounds exactly all the same. It's some young, stupid ass party girl that seeks out a celebrity, goes out of her fucking way to put herself in the situation where she could fuck the celebrity. And then when she does fuck the celebrity, years later, she feels bad about it. That's what it sounds like to me. I mean, I know that makes me sound like a dick. Makes me sound like a huge dick. But every time I hear these stories, I'm just thinking, what the fuck did you, what were you thinking was going to happen? You willingly did this. You did this. What outcome did you expect? That There was no other outcome in this. It was literally you were making out with him on his fucking couch. Or how about that uh, Nizazari guy where the woman sucked his dick? She blew him. And then years later, she decided she didn't enjoy it. So she said he raped her because she didn't enjoy sucking his dick. I mean, there, I, I understand rape is bad, but it's getting to a point where I feel obligated to stand up for the men a little bit and say, hey, hey, now, now men are terrified. Like that I said, some bitch they fucked I when they were well, drunk. Not to mention you have people like Amber Heard who muddy the waters also. Yeah, and, and all these women saying, oh, I was drunk at the time. Fuck you, you both were. Yeah, you were both I mean, a drunk adults fucking. That's all it was. Two fucking drunken listen, adults fucking. I I was young once, and I was a whore, and there's people I regret <laughs> fucking, but I would never say they raped me. Yeah, it's just, it get, it's, seems to me, I mean, I, I know I'm coming off as a dick, but it seems to me that it's not... Uh, it seems to be making real rape less genuine to me. When I hear the stories, I'm like, even the Eugene Carroll with Trump. I'm glad Trump got hit, but at the same time, she went to a dressing room with him willingly and fooled around with him. He just took it too far for her liking. Seriously? Seriously? <laughs> you went into a fucking dressing room with this man. Why? Why? <laughs> what do you think was going to happen? You never met the guy. They literally just met, headed off, went to a fucking dressing room. What the fuck? And now we're supposed to feel sorry for this bitch. How do you hit it off with him? I know, right? <laughs> and But what blows my mind is you listen to the Eugene Carroll thing and you're like, you know, do I you, hate Trump. I'm glad he got convicted, was, but at the same time, think, do you really deserve it? Do you think she was all into it? And then when the Yeti pubes came out, she was like, no, no, I'm done. And he was like, no, no, you're committed. I just, I heard the story. All right, I gotta go. I heard the story about the Eugene Carroll and Trump thing and he was found guilty. And I thought I would be the last person to ever be questioning whether Trump deserved it or not. But that seemed a little iffy to me. 
she willingly went into the fucking dressing room with him to fool around and then he took it too far but it's like for her liking not that he knew it was too far at the time but now he knows it's too it was too far yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm, he just grabs him by the pussy because he thinks he can get away with it, and that's fine because he can until they decide that I didn't like that. I didn't like being grabbed by the pussy, you know, 25 years later. <laughs> when they're done trying to let him grab their pussy to get to fame and fortune, they want to be around Donald Trump and let him, just let him grab your pussy. He'll, he'll give you a good job. And then years later, they develop a conscience and they're like, hey, wait a second. I didn't <laughs> like my pussy grabbed. I don't appreciate that shit. Jesus Christ. I'm just saying I am well aware that this entire discussion makes me look like a shithead and a dick. But at the <laughs> same time, there comes a, a, a line that I think that they are crossing with making men with this Me Too shit actually afraid to date actually afraid to hook up no wonder they're fucking going on grinder more because they don't have the same fucking drama i'm just saying that literally if any man out there is listening he can probably think back to at least one or two women he's fucked in his life when he was drunk and she was drunk they could just fucking come up one day and say that wasn't consensual and then what's he going to do about it? Then he has to prove it was. It's his burden of proof to prove the accusation is wrong. You know, when I was in the military, and oh God, I can't even believe I'm going to admit to this. I, I was sleeping. I was in the barracks sleeping. And this girl comes and knocks on my door. And she's drunk off her ass. She's looking for somebody and she's pissed at her boyfriend. She's looking for him. And she knocks on my door looking for him. And I'm like, no, he ain't here. And then she pulled like a fucking Joey from Friends. She's like, how you doing? And mm -hmm. I knew she was drunk off her ass. And I'm like, well, how you doing? She's like, can I come in? I was like, yeah. <laughs> and we ended up fucking. But like yeah, you said, she could, she said, could totally come yeah. back and say, I was drunk. And every man has at least one story of some drunk, hot bitch that was willing to fuck them. They were in the right place at the wrong time. I mean, the right place at the right time at the time. <laughs> but the, the, it, every man can think back and say, that one could come yeah. forward and make an accusation. And then I would have to fight that shit and prove that I'm not a rapist. And it just seems to me like literally any man could be accused of this. At one point in their life, they've had an, uh, an encounter where they were drunk or they were rolling on drugs with their partner or whatever. But you do bring up a good point because it seems like if a man and a woman are both drunk and they have sex, it's still the man's fault. Yeah. And yeah, I, I tend to agree with you there. If you're both drunk... It shouldn't be, it's the man's fault. I mean, there's a difference in roofing somebody like what no, Bill Cosby yeah, did. Yeah, no, I agree and with that. getting drunk and partying all night with Russell Brand, then going back to his fucking room to fuck around. And then when it, you do fuck around, 15 years later, you're like, I didn't like fucking around. Fuck you. It's starting to get to a point where I'm starting to get pissed when I see rape accusations. I better hear the fuck, fucking Russell Brand, uh, you know, went outside 
and you were walking by and he grabbed you and threw you on the fucking sidewalk and raped you. If you fucking go to his place and start drinking or taking drugs or making out, now, I have no fucking sympathy for you. I don't you. know details because it didn't really go into details, but one of the sexual assaults is claiming that this woman had a previous sexual relationship with him and he, I guess she, she was at his house. Now, I don't know why she was there, but she or he got naked, pinned her down on the bed and stuck his hands down in her pants and she was protesting the entire time. See, that's that's an issue. That's for Yeah. But, you know, the the whole thing is now if I'm going to give some advice to women out there listening so they don't get raped. Okay. Uh, so they stop acting like such whores and they don't get raped. If, Jesus Christ. No, no, seriously, because this advice will protect a lot of women. If you uh, are seeing a man, date him, date him for a while, date him, date him. Do not go to his hotel room when you don't fucking know him. Do not go to his house. If you don't fucking know him, you date him several times in a public space. You get to know this individual before you go to his fucking hotel room or to go to his house. If you make that decision when you don't know somebody, it's fucking stupid. So date a man. Don't just immediately go to his fucking room. Don't fucking get drunk and go out to a club and go back home with some guy. Jesus fucking Christ. How hard is that? Now you sound all traditional and shit. <laughs> Jesus fucking Christ. It's like horror fucking behavior ends up in rape. Stop fucking going to clubs, hooking up with guys and going home with them. That shit ain't gonna. <laughs> I mean, there's eventually that shit ain't gonna end well. And Black says he's pinched a few asses when he was a teen. Yeah. If he hits the lottery, he's so screwed. And what I'm saying is literally gotten so bad for men. And I feel like I've, I have to stick up for men. I know that women get raped all the time. They live in fear. I get that aspect. But at the same time, this full out assault with this Me Too against men is literally terrifying men of dating or having sex with anyone uh, because, like I said, like you, your story, literally every man has that story. Every man can pull well, from his pocket a story of a woman that could come back and say they were, got raped. Prime example. Um, oh, I'm, I'm trying to think of his name now. Um, Rob Yeager. Yeah. May I touch you? Yeah, even on porn set. Yes. So it, it's just, to me, groovy. it's gotten way too far. When we do groovy shoots now, they do an intro interview to make sure that you have not been coerced into doing anything. I know, we were talking serious shit about And when you're done, they do an exit interview to make sure that when you're done, you weren't coerced into doing anything you were uncomfortable doing just to cover their asses. No, but years later, when you make a report, you simply go, well, at the time I was too afraid to say the truth. Yeah. And it, it just, it just, you know, cause that shit doesn't hold up. They may make you make all those videos, but all she would have to do is I was traumatized at the time. It had just happened. And I didn't feel comfortable with the person that did it to me doing the interview. 
And I wasn't going to tell them anything because I, I was scared. And that's all they have to say. And they just throw those videos out. Those videos don't do anything. That's true, too. Yeah, so I don't even know why fucking Groovy is doing it. Any fucking lawyer could have said all she would have to do is say she was too afraid of the time because you're only working with a photographer. So the only person that's going to rape you is a photographer. So all she would have to do is a photographer was doing the interview. I'm not going to tell him he just raped me. That's stupid. And then the court will go, you're right. That is really fucking stupid. Which is why when we were doing these videos, I'm thinking, this is really fucking stupid. It serves no fucking function. Because the person doing the interview, the exit interview, is the person that just fucking raped the girl if that that happens. So it's like, did I rape you today? And he gives her an evil eye. I didn't, did I? <laughs> no, no, you didn't rape me. It's fucking right. I didn't rape you. <laughs> it's the fucking dumbest fucking thing I've ever seen. Fucking groovy in their ass nine shit. I swear. <laughs> How did they think it was going to work? The fucking guys doing the exit interview that supposedly raped the girl. How did they think that's going to go down? They didn't fucking rape you, did I? You didn't. I didn't make you do anything that made you feel uncomfortable, right? No, no, sir. So like, Jesus fucking Christ, fucking idiots. I don't so, have to hit you again, do I? So I wanted to discuss... Um, since Raven and I just went through this experience because it brought up, it made me think a lot about it. And it's the Rob Schneider effect. Rob Schneider, he's a stapler. It just reminds me of the fucking South Park thing. So Rob Schneider movies. So we watched a Rob Schneider movie last night. Big Stan. Where he is a super badass in prison. And uh, yeah, and, and he... Uh, things work out for him. I don't give a fuck. It doesn't have much of a plot. But anyway, I wanted to talk about Rob Schneider movies because... Who, who was that sexy man I'd let rape me? <laughs> Which one? The one with the... with the Oh, Don Fry. Oh, yeah. So um, <laughs> he has a porno stash and everything. Yes, he does. So um, he actually is one of the few men that, you know, besides Tom Selleck that can rock a mustache. Oh, he did it very well. Now... In the movie, he shaved his head. He looks better with hair. He does, and he has nice with hair. So, uh, Rob Schneider movies are all super stupid. I mean, they're made for, like, a 13-year-old mentality. They are dumb. I was going to say they're made for when you were going to have a night of drinking and having fun. But he's just so goddamn likable to watch. Yeah. Even though the movie itself is shit, it's still entertaining because Rob Schneider, the effect of Rob Schneider is you're watching the movie and you're like, this movie is shit, but I'm having fun. Yeah. So let's do this. <laughs> and his movies, he's just such a likable every man fuck up goofball. He comes off as just like the every man fuck up goofball that he's impossible not to like. He's just such a likable little guy. And his movies are entertaining. I mean, they're not boring. <laughs> they're fucking stupid. Yeah, they're and, totally unbelievable. Oh my god! The, like the the uh, where he switches bodies with the girl. He was the girl, and then he was the animal. Where he became multiple. Oh god! Yeah, just horrible. The gigolo. Yeah, uh, Deuce Bigelow or Deuce Bigelow. Yeah. I mean, his movies are just fucking shit, and they're horrible. But goddamn, they're a good time. 
I, I, I don't mind watching a Rob Schneider movie as bad as they are. And, you know, some movies are just bad, and I'm like, turn this shit off. But as Rob Schneider, I'm like, yeah, I'll sit through it. I'm oh, having fun. I loved him in Grown Ups, though. He was... <laughs> He's, he was the guy that fucked the old lady, right? Yes. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> he was like the the hippie, <laughs> hippie stones guy. It, um, and Black says, Rob Schneider's about as funny as Adam Sandler. And I agree. I mean, it's not like I'm laughing through his movies. I'm thinking, this is fucking stupid and that wasn't funny. But it doesn't matter because I'm still having a good time and I don't know why. I don't know why I'm watching because I watched some Adam Sandler movies. I didn't have fun. I didn't have fun uh, watching <laughs> Hubie Halloween. Old Adam Sandler Those movies are, fun. are funny. Yeah. You can do it. Good old Rob Schneider. He's always in there for a laugh. The price is wrong, bitch. <laughs> I mean, it. Rob Schneider it brings out the moron in me because it appeals to a 13-year-old boy's intellect. <laughs> So it brings out the moron in me, but it's an enjoyable experience. It's never like I, I walk away from a, a Rob Schneider movie and go, oh, I'm so pissed. That was a horrible movie because I knew it was going to be. I mean, it's Rob Schneider movie. So I, I know it's going to be shit. So I'm already expecting shit. So when I get shit, I'm, I don't care. I just want to see Rob Schneider be stupid. Let's just do some stupid Rob Schneider. I don't we, care. we also realized last night, both of us realized how blue his eyes are. Oh, yeah. They're, they're insanely blue. And he's a good daddy. I did see an, uh, what was it? It was an award show where, where Adam, no, no, it was the roasting of Adam Sandler. And uh, he did a song for Adam Sandler. And then at the end, he kind of did like the speech for him and, he is he is an incredibly sweet man. And Black says, I wonder what Trey is doing. He's so quiet. He's probably daydreaming about Raven. Oh, Rock. fuck you, M. Black. <laughs> fuck you. <clears throat> so, and I know you're into this too. So I go on YouTube and every once in a while, because I love watching them. And I was, I didn't know why I love watching these kind of videos, but I knew that you loved them too. So I started thinking, why do I love these so much? And I figured it out. And those are abandoned videos. What? Abandoned. Where they go to abandoned theme parks or oh. they go to abandoned houses out in the middle of nowhere. They're still pristine. They're left. Oh, you yeah. Know. I love one. Yeah, I don't know, I know why right? I like it. See, but yeah. I didn't either. And I loved them too. So I started figuring it out. And I started thinking that it's just a, our generation thing. And the reason is because of the adventures and what we would do as kids. Because literally those videos are were our life. We would go out and purposely find shit like that. And I look did through all it. the yeah. time as a kid, yeah. Abandoned shit and everything. That was our life as a kid. So it brings us back to go, going, you know, that's so fucking cool. Even, even as a young adult, I mean, when I was dating my ex, <clears throat> her and I went out and we found... In Bowling Green, Kentucky, there was a huge train station that was closed. We found a way in. And we actually toured like this old, gigantic train station. And it was, it was cool. It was yeah, fun. The, there's something like adventuresome about it that our generation, we spent most of our time doing that shit. And this generation that's all about cell phones and attached to their screen will never know being kicked out of your house having to come up with something to do before dinner time 
So you go out and you find an abandoned place or whatever with your friends and you explore through it and or find some place and build a clubhouse. It's just I remember those abandoned places used to be such a big part of my childhood that when I watch the videos now as an adult, I'm like, yeah, it kind of takes me back to those adventures I used to have as a kid. And I don't know about you, but the more pristine, the better. What do you mean by pristine? If they're just trashed, I'm not as interested in them as if, if they're untouched. Like, I saw this one not too long ago. It was a mansion. And it was like a doctor. He was married. Oh, yeah, I watched that when they moved out and, the, yeah, the, and everything yeah. was still in there. He died in a plane crash with his son, left the wife nothing because I guess he had let his his uh, his insurance lapse or something a few weeks before he passed away with his son. So it left the wife and the daughter with nothing. So the bank took everything. And for some reason, I don't know if the bank was watching the house or whatever, but... <clears throat> There was like Versace clothes everywhere and sh- expensive shoes and expensive makeup everywhere. And the house was almost untouched and it was cool as hell to see that. Yeah, and, and some of the places that they go through these old mansions, I'm thinking, God damn, that'd be a cool house. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so I, I just random thought that I had. I've come to the conclusion that Ed Sheeran is unfuckable. Just now? recently because I saw a picture of him because he's like cross-eyed and shit. Like his eyes go different directions. Like Forrest Whitaker. And he's a ginger. And he's just, he looks, he, he's that fucking red headed busted ass troll. And I don't care how talented you are or how much money you have. I still think Ed Sheeran is unfuckable. Yes. He, I, I'm, I'm wondering because like I was watching a video of him riding the subway. I'm thinking, I wonder if he even gets laid. Because even though he's talented and wealthy, I personally wouldn't care because he's just so unfuckable. I, I, I think he's really up there with Trump as far as fuckability. <laughs> he's just creepy as fuck looking. He's like this bright ginger with Forrest Whitaker eyes and just this fucking troll smashed up face. And he is literally one of the ugliest fucking motherfuckers. He is. I... The first time I ever saw him, I was like, is that face attached to that voice? I know, right? He's just like <laughs> a fucking troll. And, and you're like, Jesus Christ, dude. If it wasn't for you being famous, you'd still be a virgin. Ain't no way anybody fucked you. I guarantee that he didn't get fucked until he became famous. Ain't no way <laughs> that women were all over that shit. I don't fucking care how good he sings. You go to college with that voice, they don't fucking care. They'll go, ah, ah, <laughs> Jesus Christ. I mean, he it would be like fucking a cross-eyed Howdy Doody. Don't do that when I'm taking a hit. <laughs> I mean, that's what he reminds <laughs> me of. Fucking cross-eyed Howdy Doody. <coughs> oh, God. You're like figuring out which eye is trying to look at you and shit. You're like, dude, you were fucked from birth. Damn. You are just like the ginger cross-eyed combo of unfuckable. There is nothing remotely attractive about you, dude. You are just like a little ginger unfuckable troll. You know, he's there's, probably listening to this sh- show crying right now. There's another guy on uh, TikTok. I found him. I was sending songs to Lexus the other night. He's another ginger. You know the song Rubber Band Man, right? Oh, I love that song. By the Spinners. 
This guy, Fucking he's a song. skinny, ugly ginger. His voice, he sounds exactly like, so fucking soulful. Sounds exactly like that song. Yes. Yeah, I fucking, I, I adore Rubber Band Man. In fact, I dance to it nonstop. I mean, but that's... he does a lot of other songs, but he literally prefaces it right on his TikTok video. I am not lip syncing because he does it so well. Yep. And it's insane because he's, he's a fucking white ginger but he's he's got so much soul, he sounds like a black man. Like the Spinners. Yeah, I'm a huge soul fan. I, I listen to a lot of soul. I love soul music. And blues, like Muddy Waters. So, um, the, I like blues, but I get, I, I'm more into, like, the guitar blues. I like listening to, like, I like hearing more of the music as opposed to the singing. I do I think I got it from my uncle I have an uncle who loves to play blues and I I could my ideal idea of a date would be to sit in a corner of a blues club and just listen to a band they wouldn't even really have to sing but just play blues all night so I I know you watch the news um, all the time but I want to go over something for our listeners that may not know why something's happening, but it's hilarious because as you know, Trump doesn't understand how the laws in this country works or how the government functions, even though he ran it, even though he was president, he doesn't know anything about it. So what he did was he hashed a plan and it's coming out that this was all his plan. His loyalist in Congress, he told his loyalist to shut down the government which they're going to do. And the reason is he wants to shut down the government to delay his prosecution uh, until (laughs) after the election. Yeah. But he's such an idiot. He doesn't understand that in this country, although the department of justice is part of the federal government, it is not defunded. Once a defund happens, it continues to function. So the Department of Justice continues to function even during the shutdown. So his fucking plan is not going to work because they literally have, they they literally remain functional during the government shutdown. But he is trying to get his loyalists to shut down the government to delay his case until after the election where he can get elected and pardon himself. Yeah, he's he's also trying to get his case in Georgia moved to federal court even after Mark Meadows was told fuck off. Yeah, and I was watching Ari Melber, whatever his fucking name is, and he was saying, you know, at Trump's age of 77 years old, that even if he gets hit with one of the 91 counts, even if he beats 90... He'll never be leaving. Yeah, he'll still spend the rest of his life in prison. Mm Mm-hmm. Because all of the counts against him are worth numerous years each. Mm-hmm. So I think it's all summed up like 450 years worth of charges. Yeah. I mean, you called it back when he was president and Lexus and I were bitching. You were like, just wait. Yeah. You were like, they're going to wait until they've got everything to slam them with and it's going to come all at once. When If they want somebody, they will get them. 
There's no way around it. If John Gotti, uh, you know, what's his, um, the other, the other guy that was Al Capone. They thought they were untouchable. Mr. Stiffless. But if the government wants you, the government's going to get you. And if they fail, they will come at you again. And if they fail, they will come at you again. (laughs) But once the government turns the spotlight on you and they have decided they want to take you down, it's only a matter of time before you go down. The only thing. (laughs) The eye of Sauron. (laughs) Yeah, the only thing that's going to prevent Trump from going to prison is if he dies, which is very possible. It is extremely possible for Trump to die prior to ever being convicted, which would suck because then he would turn into a martyr for their cause. Do you but, think? Do you think his two hundred and fifteen pound ass has diabetes? I, <laughs> I'm shocked that he has lived to almost eighty. But considering his age, there is a good possibility before he ever gets in prison or has to serve a single day he dies i don't see how an almost 80 year old man who lives on fucking kfc and mcdonald's can live that long well logically speaking it would it will take at minimum two years from today for him to be convicted and sent to prison two years so at that point he will be 79 so there's a good chance that somebody in his physical shape will not live another two years. But with our criminal system and how slow it works, it took two years just to bring the charges. It'll take two years to process the trial and he'll be sentenced, but he won't have to report to prison right away. By the time he does have to report to prison, a good two years minimum will expire. Mm-hmm. So that means there's a good chance that because of his high up there age and his condition his physical status that he (laughs) won't live those two years and that will be the worst thing that could happen for democrats because if that motherfucker dies he's going to die a martyr he'll just empower them embolden them i just i don't know i mean for the life of me i i i don't know i i can't understand what stranglehold this man has over 30% of our country and what 75% of the Republican party. He appeals to white hate though. There's a lot of white hate. There's a lot in this country. Um, There's a lot of hatred from white people towards because they fear everybody that's not like themselves White people are very fearful. So at least 30% of the white people in this country are afraid. They're afraid Mexicans are going to take their job. They're afraid that a black man is going to rape their wife. They're afraid a tranny is going to molest their kid. They're afraid that a Muslim is going to blow up their mall. I'm sorry. These white people are just afraid. When you said that, it just took me back to the beginning of Big Stan. When he's convincing the little old lady oh, that yeah. she should get the timeshare in the black neighborhood. But that's what it is. 30% of the, the white people, I mean, not more than 30%, uh, because it's 30% of this country, but a lot of the white people in this country are just living in fear. And it's made worse by propaganda networks like Fox, which keep them in fear. Oh, yeah. My Keep parents, them afraid at all times. My parents times. buy into that shit lock, stock, and barrel. And that's the entire model of Fox News, to keep their viewers afraid. To keep them afraid of something. There's a, a, a you know, immigrant mig- migration bringing disease into this 
You know, it's all about fear. Oh, the the fucking vaccines are going to make you retarded. M. Black brings up a good point. He says Gen X should be president right now. I I agree. This fucking wheeling, wheeling um, senators in wheelchairs and geriocracy. Yeah, this there should be an age limit to this shit. Just like there should be. There should be term limits. There should be age limits. Yeah, I mean, if if you're on the police force or even doing your job, you can't do your job when you're 95 years old. They're Mm going to say, you need to retire. Yes. You got to go. Well, not just that, but does someone in the year 2023 really have a grasp on current events if you were born in 1935? (laughs) And I... I mental acuity decreases. It just does for everybody. Yes, there are old people that are still sharp as a tack. They're still smart, but they're not what they used to be. Nobody physically or mentally. It is a fact of life, folks. Nobody physically or mentally is who they used to be. It happens to all of us. I am 50 years old now. By the time I am 60, I will not be as sharp or as physically fit as I was at 50, as I am now. That is nature. So these people, whether they're sharp as a tack or not, they are still decreased from their prime substantially. Shit, I'm not sharp anymore at 48. Instead of sharp as a tack, you're sharp as a button? (laughs) You like attack without the pin. So what was okay? I, I'm curious because we grew up so differently. So I grew up in privileged. Vegas. Well, well, what I'm <laughs> about to discuss doesn't really discuss privilege at all, because I grew up in Vegas and I went to public school, and I don't fucking care if I came from a gated community. Uh, I came from the kind of school that offered rapist sex ed and robbing liquor stores. It's an elective. It was rough. I mean, Vegas schools are rough. So I, I had metal <clears throat> metal detectors in my school that we had to walk through every day. I grew up with a high school that was surrounded <clears throat> by dairy farms. Yeah, I, I saw somebody, <laughs> a kid get shot in the face with a revolver in my lunchroom. Right there in the lunchroom during lunch period. So we had a lot of Crips and Bloods in Vegas because they migrated from L.A. So my school was hardcore. Uh, I went to a very hardcore high school called Clark High School. Rough place. So I was just curious what your dairy farm country (laughs) living school was like. What do you mean what it was like? Well, I know there was what one black person in the whole school. No, no black people. No black people in the whole school. My senior year, there were two, I'm trying to think they were Asian. I'm trying to remember what country they were from. They, they were sent to the United States. I think they were like, their parents sent them. They were like fleeing persecution. Their parents sent them. They their parents couldn't get out, but they got their kids out and a family was like sponsoring them. So they were living with. I think they were Laotian, but that was it. My senior year, Do you have any Mexicans? Two, nope. No Mexicans, no blacks in your school. No. About, about the extent of like non-American, uh, still American, but like Italians. Heavy Italian population, heavy um, 
uh, Irish, Irish okay. Germans. That's how, about it. How old were you when you met your first black person? There were black people. Now, I knew the first black guy there I There's just no black children? No, no black children. First black guy I ever met was a guy that worked with my dad. He, um, he, he, my dad for a while coached uh, peewee wrestling. All and white kids. This guy, yeah, it was all white kids. This guy helped coach peewee wrestling with my dad. Believe it or not, it was a black man named Leroy. <clears throat> and Leroy was a fucking giant. Yeah, but I'm I'm thinking that I'm not really shocked that your your but, family from where they're at and everything are all Fox News people. They are all Fox News people. Yeah, it's not shocking. My entire extended family, the whole area where I'm from is all fucking Fox News people. M. Black came from a rough school, too, it sounds like. But he's a black guy, so uh, the fucking crackers send them to rough schools on purpose. Put it, put it this way. About two miles from my high school was a ski resort. <laughs> yeah, see, you, you, your community was very white-centric. Mine, my, Vegas, to its, to its benefit, to... Uh, What's the word I'm looking for? Uh, to his credit, Vegas, to his credit, is extremely integrated school system. Um, everybody goes to the same school. It's not like a lot of areas which selectively, like the well, bad neighborhoods, go to this school. I don't know that my school was all white because it was exclusionary. I think it was all white because nobody fucking wanted to live where I live because it was rural. And it was not uncommon for in the dead in the middle of winter, it wasn't uncommon for it to get down to like 20 and 30 below zero. Yeah, I mean, my, <laughs> my school, I mean, I came from the gated community, but we had ghetto kids going to our school too. It was very integrated in Vegas because very Vegas um, is kind of like LA where the bad neighborhoods are, are fairly close to the good neighborhoods. So the school uh, just brought everybody. So it wasn't like, you know, good, the rich kids went to a, a school in this neighborhood and the poor kids went to a school in this neighborhood like it usually is. It was like everybody went to this school. They were all sent to this one. Um, so it really encompassed a lot of different, like, economic groups. I had some cousins who their parents were in the military, and I don't know where they were stationed, but they were living in Delaware. And I remember them saying something about in their school, a kid was killed for a pair of sneakers. This was back in the 80s. And it blew my mind, you know, growing up where I lived because, shit, nobody would even get beat up over a pair of sneakers in my school. I got in a lot of fights. <laughs> I got in a lot of fights. I was eventually kicked out of school when I was 16. I was kicked out of school in the 10th grade for... Fighting. I couldn't get in fights. I was a jock. If you got in fights, you'd get kicked off the team. I, I wasn't a jock, but I was a sociopath, so <laughs> I, I was just a violent sociopath. I got my varsity letter in ninth grade. <laughs> <clears throat> I was I was a, even more of a sociopathic youth. I was a, I was kind of young guy in my twenties that if 
if I got into a bar fight and it got punched in the face, I would smile real big and think, oh, God, I'm about to have the time of my life. I, I used to, like, seek out fights and shit. So I, I used, you know. Believe it or not, I would actively try to avoid fights. I I believe that. I've been in fights, and I didn't back away once the fight started, but I would not try to get into a fight, and there's a reason. My father was tiny. Well, I would immediately uh, clock but you as a pussy. Fuck you. I would. My father had a tiny man complex, and he would fight everybody. My dad was like the size of Terry. Even if you, were, even if you were my size, I would clock you as a pussy. He... He would fight everybody. My mom did not like going out with my father because every time they went out, he would get in a fight. But he did not want me to turn out like him. So every time I would get in a fight in school, in elementary school, I would come home and get my ass kicked for getting in a fight at school. So I learned very quickly to not fight. You, um, it's not really about your size or anything that I would immediately clock you as a pussy. And a non-threat. Fuck you. Uh, it has nothing to do with that. When you're a fighter, when you do this for a living or you do this for a hobby, uh, and you're serious about fighting, you, you are a fighter, you pretty well get to be an expert at gauging a combatant of whether they are a threat. And your personality alone tells me you're anti-confrontational, you're meek and you're shy, and you are not a threat. You do not have the warrior spirit. You are not an aggressive person. You are not a violent person. You, I can tell immediately if somebody has it within them to I'm be not, violent. I'm not shy. Everybody is capable of being pushed to violence. But there are violent people and there are nonviolent people. I am a violent person. And I can recognize another violent I'm person. I'm very laid back. Yes, you are very non-confrontational. Whereas I don't give a fuck. I will say it the way I see it, and I don't give a shit if I hurt your feelings or not. You take feelings into consideration. You watch what you say. But you can tell from sizing somebody up and talking to them whether they are capable of violence or they have to be pushed to it because they don't (laughs) want to be violent. And you are somebody that would be backed into a corner before you acted. Violence you to is not it. my first option. And that is why I would clock you as a pussy because I could tell. That from, doesn't mean you're a pussy. From your personality that you are not up to the fight. You are not aggressive enough to be a threat. But there are people like, like the guys from the hood. The guys from the hood crack me up. Like the guy that came into my studio. I put him down in the the couch and yelled at him and he just sat there and yes ma'am yes ma'am well see the thing is if a black guy is mouthy and loud he ain't shit he's not a fighter and he doesn't want to fight in fact he's doing a puffer fish he's trying to blow <laughs> up twice his size be loud and obnoxious where he can scare you out of the fight because he's terrified and he doesn't want to fight a violent person will not talk shit they will fight Period. Immediately at the first opportunity. I don't talk shit. Yeah. I, 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 if I'm going to fight, I've already decided. If I'm walking outside to fight, 
I've made the decision. I didn't go out there to talk in the parking lot. So as soon as I get into that parking lot, it's fucking on like Donkey Kong. I, I didn't come here to have a fucking parlay with you, motherfucker. We said we were going to go out and settle this. That's what I'm doing. But if a guy is in your face and he's talking a lot of shit, that is basically a non-threat puffing up like a puffer fish trying to scare you away. Because that is all they got. They're just puffing up to scare you away. Because when it comes down to it, when you call them on their loudness, they deflate real quick. (laughs) And usually if a guy is quiet and just looks at you intensely, this is a man that's keeping his violence in check. He's just looking for you to give an excuse to let it loose. Those are the kind of people you don't want to fuck with. But the loud ones, the obnoxious ones, and the ones like you that are pacifists in, in nature, you are not an aggressive, violent, aggressive person. I mean, you, you can be dominant in porn films, but it is against your nature and it's all acting. You are not an aggressively mean individual. I just have a very high threshold. <laughs> And Black says, I have a relative similar to that. He wasn't a fighter. He was just mouthy as fuck, which never made sense to me since he couldn't fight. <laughs> now you know why, because from a fighter's perspective in Black, that is literally how we view it. The people that are loud as fuck, that are screaming and ranting when they want to fight, they it's a defense mechanism. They're terrified. They know they can't fight, so their only defense, like an animal, they puff up. So they have to get loud and act all tough and storm back and forth like they're going whoops mass. They're puffing up to try to frighten off predators. That's all they're doing. They're puffing up to frighten off the predator. But the real predator ain't going to be scared away by you puffing up. What's going to happen is your puffing up only works on normal people like you. But when that puff up meets somebody like me who is violent, they puff up to us. What they do to us is signal is on. And we just react. We don't talk. We don't puff. We react. No, I was just always somebody that didn't feel like I had to prove that. I, to me, I could get in a fight, but at the end of the day, it didn't prove anything. To me, it wasn't, I already knew I I could beat the person in a fight. It wasn't about proving whether I could. It was about punishing them for starting it. I wouldn't go out of my way to look for one, but if I was disrespected and somebody came to me for trouble, I was going to give them what they were looking for. See, but the thing is... And I was going to make them think twice. I don't know if I just put off an aura, but I've only ever been in like three or four fights in my entire life. They can teach you a lot. And I have been the schooler of many people. Because nothing teaches you more than running your mouth and getting stomped into the fucking dirt because you think twice before you do it again. And there are people in life, and that's what this generation doesn't understand because they're hiding behind their video screens talking their shit all day. There are people in life that you don't throw drinks on, that you don't fucking talk shit to because when it comes down to it, they ain't having it. And they still exist, people, and they're out there. So when you start talking your shit and you think you're online in real, in real life to the wrong person, you're going to get stomped into the earth. And you're going to get the best lesson of your life as they teach you, you fuck around, you find out. 
And the the fucking problem with this generation is they're so fucking cocky because they hide behind their screen that when they do meet somebody in person, they think they can talk like that in person. And it doesn't go well. When they talk like that in person to a fucking real gangster, somebody who won't take their shit. And I, I, what the hell started this? And I've got, I've reached the age. I will put up with no shit. My shit meter is just like gone. I have reached an age where my, my tolerance to bullshit is just so minimal. If, if, a, if a guy gets in my face at my age, I'm just like, Jesus, uh, I'm thinking of my, I'm weighing my options at the moment. I'm like, this is, I'm going to be sore tomorrow. Is it going to be worth it just to shut this guy the fuck up? Is the soreness I'm going to feel? My knuckles are going to be sore and shit for a week. (laughs) Probably won't be able to open my hand once I punch this guy in the fucking face, but is it going to be worth it? See, but I'll walk away. I'll feel fine the next day. I won't walk forward, but I will not walk back. I draw a line. Where I stand is my line. If you want me to move back or retreat, you're going to have to force me. I don't look at it as retreat. I make my stand. I do not back down for anybody. And that, that's, that's another thing. These guys are all like, why are you living in Kentucky with those fucking bigoty pieces of shit? I said, because I'm not going to let them run me out of my home. If I leave here and go to a more progressive area, they win. That's what they wanted in the first place to get the fucking tranny and move out of town. They win. I'm not going to give them a win. If I if I make them uncomfortable, then fuck that. I'll make them uncomfortable. Let's do this. But I, I, I don't walk away. I won't walk forward. I won't progress the situation, but I won't back down from it either. I, I, I am where I stand, and if somebody tries to back me down, there's, we're going to have issues because I'm not backing down. I'm not running away because I, I can't run where the shit got bad knees. I'm not going anywhere. <laughs> Retreat is not an option. I hold my ground. <laughs> I am far too old with bad knees. I can't retreat. I cannot run. There is no escape. It's hold my ground. It's now or never. And at this, at this point in my life is simply like, if you want to fight, just understand one thing. I... I'm willing to die today and you better be that committed to fight me because I'm an old person, which means I immediately think my life's in, in danger. It's not like when I was 20, I'm like, Oh, you want to bang? Let's bang buddy. Let's go out and throw some. No, at my age, I'm like, this is a life or death situation. So if you fight me at my age, I'm going to go for the throat. I'm going to go for the knees. I'm going to go for the eyes. I'm, I'm looking to kill you. Because I consider you a threat to my life. I'm an old person now because I know I have no cardio and I got to end this in like five fucking minutes or less, or I'm going to (laughs) die. So I got nothing left in the tank. I got no gas. I'm an old person. So I got to get it over quick. So I'm going to fight dirty. Old people fight dirty because we fight to win. We're not fighting for honor or pride. We're fighting for our lives. Well, I'm tiny. I can't, if some, you've, you've said it a million fucking times. If some 
fucking big ass person comes at me, there's nothing I can do. M Black, here here's M Black is a good example of a guy that I know I wouldn't see as a threat. And I'll tell you why. Because I can immediately tell he's a big teddy bear that has gotten by in life getting out of fights because of his size. He hasn't had to learn how to fight. When you're born that big, I know for experience, I got out of a lot of fights because of my sheer size. But if you're a big, big person, you don't really have to get in any fights. That's a huge, you know, factor where people go, oh, I'm going to think twice about that guy. That guy is twice my size. And in Blackson's situation where he's twice most men's size, and he's like three times your size. So <laughs> everybody's three times my size. So it, I don't think that I would immediately somebody like M black would be insanely strong if he got a hold of you. But I would immediately assume that he didn't know how to fight worse shit because he's gotten by his whole life being big and guys that big that don't look completely ripped or whatever. You can tell a big fighter like Brock Lesnar and just a guy <laughs> who's big that gets out of situations because he's fucking big and scary. And M. Black always has struck me as that guy gets out of fights because he's big and scary. I don't know, though. You said that that guy in the, the movie last night, the, the Hulk of a black man, you said he got his ass kicked all the time. Oh, yeah, Bob Sapp. Yeah, you said he had a horrible record. He does. He, he's a pussy. <laughs> no, he literally is a pussy. He gives up, and then he'll curl up in the field position, get beat up. But he was a fucking Hulk. Yeah, shows that the weight room and the fight ring don't match. <laughs> huh? Uh, you could be the shit in the fucking gym, but as soon as you crawl into the cage, you find you ain't shit. And that not all the time do big muscles mean you can wolf ass. They just mean you can pick stuff up and put them down. Well, I mean, I think a lot of that's got to do with those guys that get giant like that. You have, like, no range of movement. Oh, and by the way, I know, I, I already expect you're not going to be hanging out after the show tonight because I know what you got coming up. Well, not just that, but <laughs> I got, like, two hours of sleep last Yeah, and night. plus you've got to shoot tomorrow with Max Deep. Mm -hmm. And then you got to go out of town yep. both Monday and Tuesday. So I already, I'm like, she's she has, like, a little bit of a day off after this radio show so she's going to be relaxing. Not really, because I've got to make sure I get all my laundry done tomorrow before my shoot, because i got to make sure all that's done. So where are you going to sh be shooting with Max? Where? In the living room? Probably. God damn it. I'm going to have all my laundry all over the bedroom. <laughs> Fuck. Hey. That's the last place you shot. Change it up. Bitch, I have like two rooms in my house. Can you do it in the bathroom? No, my bathroom is like... As big as some, most people's closets. How about the kitchen? Bitch. I'm almost out from under the X with the house. I'll <laughs> be just, looking for a house just soon. Just tired of seeing that fucking living room. Tired of it. That's all. That's all I'm saying. I know. I, you know. You know, now that I think about it. No, seriously. Now that I think about it, I shouldn't say that because my videos are all fucking guys sitting in a goddamn chair in the studio. So fuck it. Yeah. So I'm not changing. My, I, I can't change the background because we haven't fi finished that fucking movie. So I can't change the background. Otherwise, I'd tear it all down. And for everybody that doesn't know, the only reason I'm in that apartment, I've owned two houses in the past. It's not like I don't know what to do with my money. 
she she is when when I got divorced, I had school age children, so I decided I would carry the mortgage until my kids got out of school. Then my ex fucked up and didn't make the payments, and now I've been in a court battle with the mortgage company for the last six fucking years. M. Black says, remember Kimbo Slice? You used to KO people in the backyard brawl oh, protecting UFC. He was a beast, though. Yeah, he's dead now. You knew yeah, that, right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, well, he wasn't in the UFC. In fact, he was a uh, low-grade fighter in the UFC. Um, because what happened was... He had good stamina to trade punches, but in the UFC, it's not about that. If you're a good fighter, you don't trade punches with a big man. So nobody was willing to trade punches with Kimbo, and he had little tiny, uh, little tiny bamboo legs. Did you ever see his legs? They were like comical. You? Yeah, like me. <laughs> they had little tiny stick legs. Big guy, upper body, tiny little legs. So all they would do is take Kimbo down and beat him. I mean, they're not going to swing and do backyard brawls and go toe-to-toe seeing who can take the most punches. That was Kimbo's game. I'm a big dude with a lot of power, and I can take a lot of blows to the fucking face. Ooh, I'm Kimbo size. But a real fighter is not going to trade blows with you. A, a real fighter doesn't want to get hit. So he's going to try to avoid getting hit and trading blows with you. Could you imagine, had I trained, what my kicking game could have been? <clears throat> you're you're uh you'd be good at like monkey kung fu. You're fucking <laughs> monkey kung yeah, fu. You would. <laughs> you would. So I have a question to ask you. Have you ever been attacked by an animal? Oh, uh, I don't know. <laughs> Have you ever been attacked by an animal? I'm trying to think. I don't. See, I try to come up with questions to ask you girls uh, that will get you talking about shit maybe I don't know. Do roosters count? Well, it's an animal. I mean, I don't know you'd call it attacked, but I've had roosters, like, puff up and, like... When I say attacked, injury... Oh, no, no. So you've never been injured by an animal? I've I've had, like, one of my fingers, you know, bloodied up when I broke up a fight between two dogs, but that I wouldn't call that an attack. So that was an accidental damage. Yeah. Um, I've only been attacked once by a black Mexican iguana. <laughs> Jeez. Now, I know that that requires context, Oh, I remember this story. (laughs) So my family lived in a palatial estate in Mexico, Puerto Vallarta, Mexico. Like Raven is so fond of bringing up, I grew up privileged. And my father was in organized crime and had money. (laughs) So we had a palatial estate in Mexico in Puerto Vallarta. And I was staying at our estate in Puerto Vallarta and... I would go out on my sun deck because I had this big sun deck of my room and because uh, my room was on the second floor of the mansion. I go out on the sun deck on these uh, stone, stone uh, where are the tiles called that are red and fit on each other on the roof? There's Terracotta? Yeah. Well, the, the mansion was all terracotta. So... Every day, a huge black iguana would come out and sunbathe just right on the other side of my my sun deck and just sunbathe right by there. So 
I had seen in Mexico all these people that had iguana pets. So I didn't think it was going to be aggressive. So I just, <laughs> and it would just sit there lazily. So I just like, you know, next day I'm just going to reach down and grab it, pick it up. That was a mistake. I reached down, grabbed it, and that fucking thing was aggressive as fuck. It attacked me. Oh, my God. It <laughs> tore me up. I still have scars on my hands from that iguana. It bit the living shit out of me. Don't think iguanas don't have teeth. They have fucking teeth. <laughs> Sharp little fucking teeth, little fucker. Yeah, I was uh, blood everywhere. And then, of course, you know, I came downstairs, my hands all bloody, and my dad's like, what, what happened? I said, I tried to grab an iguana. He's like, you're dumbass. <laughs> I said, I know. I'm going to go wrap my hand now. <laughs> now, I mean, I was never attacked, but I did do, well, I wouldn't say it was stupid. I grew up with horses, and I used to ride bareback all the time. You still do? <laughs> no, I don't. Well, occasionally. <clears throat> when everybody's tested. Yeah. So I, I know you're not into Star Wars. You're not big into Star Wars. Well, when I was a kid, I liked the first three. However, I have been being contacted by numerous listeners of this show that have been bugging the shit out of me to give my thoughts in the new Ahsoka series. So you're going to have to tolerate this shit. Because I have literally been hit up by numerous people wondering, what do you think about the new Ahsoka series? You're going to go over on the show? So I told, I kept telling everybody, I'm not going to give my thoughts on this series until me and Lexus sit down and watch it together. Because she's really into Star Wars now, so we're going to watch it together. So we watched up to episode five. Because they're doing intermediate drops. They drop one a week kind of thing. So we're not fully caught up because I think they release episode six now, but we haven't caught up yet. But I will express my opinions of the show. Um, I don't think it's great. And I'll tell you why. Because it has no likable characters. There is a character named Sabine Wren in the, the uh, series, which is a completely unlikable piece of shit punk that very few people will be able to like. She's just an asshole. And then the main star, Ahsoka, plays by a Rosario Dawson, plays the role with devoid, completely, 100% devoid of personality. None. None. Zero. Zero personality whatsoever. She gets on and she's like, oh, I'm pompous. If she gives off any personality, it's I'm pompous and better than you. I'm pompous. So literally the two main characters are unlikable. So... That's my main gripe with... Uh, they have two droids in the series, Raven, that are both more likable than the two main characters. <laughs> That's how bad it is. The two droids are entertaining and enjoyable to watch, much more so than the two main characters. Even the villains are boring. The, the one chick villain barely speaks. And, Why are you watching it then? Huh? Why are you watching it then? Because I'm because it's part of canon and it's telling a story that fits in with the greater scheme of the story. But you talk shit to Justin about watching 17 fucking Transformer movies. I'm not saying it's bad. I'm saying it's not good. It's not Rob Snyder. It's not <laughs> bad. It's not a bad Star Wars series. It's just not great. It's not... Um, it's not Andor. 
Andor is a Star Wars series that's really good, which I know you haven't watched. But Ahsoka is an Andor. It's not bad. It's like Boba Fett. <laughs> the series. It was not that it was a horrible, horrible series. I couldn't fucking stand it. There were bad things about it. Like the Cyber Vespas. Those are bad. Cyber Vespas. Yeah. He had a Cyber Vespa game. I'm just game. getting a mental picture. Oh, it was bad. <laughs> I mean, to see Boba Fett leading his gang of teenagers on Vespas, oh, it was horrible. Which one was... Uh, Painful. Which one was uh, Jack Black and what, Lotto or... As or Mandalorian. <laughs> M. Black says, Rosario Dawson has some nice lips. That and she'll show her boobs in a movie. Rosario Dawson, I I love her to death. I think she's super hot. And everything I've seen her in, she has had a great personality. Even in Clerks 2, she was fucking awesome. I always thought she was funny and had a great personality. Not in Ahsoka. In Ahsoka, she's so bland, so boring, so pompous, so stuck up, so unlikable. No personality there whatsoever. And the little shred of personality she has is unlikably pompous and holier than thou. It's awful. It's fucking awful. But it's it's not awful. I just don't like her personality in it because, okay, it stems from a cartoon, a Star Wars cartoon, where she appeared as a teenager, like 13, 14 years old. And then they're doing the series of her as a grown adult. But when she was in the cartoon, she was full of life and personality. She was the biggest personality in the series. And then they make her an adult and just strip all of it out. Is that the one with the two things coming off yes. her head? Yes. I remember that With cartoon. the stripes. Yeah. 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 That's Ahsoka. But now, yeah, she used to have a lot of personality in the cartoon. But now she's just... <laughs> made me snort. So I want to pick your brain. What do you what do you think about Trump scribbling on classified the back of classified documents and giving him to his assistants a to do list? I think he should go to prison. <laughs> He's so fucking idiot, uh, idiotic. I mean, just just when you think of things he couldn't do, you're like, there's no way he put a bunch of top secret stuff in a bathroom. Uh, he did. There's there's no way he took classified documents and then flipped them over and dro- wrote well, fucking notes for his assistant. Get, he did. You saw his IT guys flipping, right? I, I was just confused because then Black put a picture of me up there. <laughs> his IT guys flipping on him. They're all going to flip on him. They, I guess Trump was telling him to get rid of all of the uh, the video footage off the servers of them getting rid of a bunch of shit. And this dude was like, I don't think I can do that. And I guess the FBI got a hold of him and he's like, here you go. No, I ain't doing that shit. This ship has just begun to sink. The more water it takes on, the more people that will flip. The rats will flip as the water fills with, as the ship fills with water. So the, the, Further he digs himself, the closer it gets, the more that happens in the trial, you will see people fucking flipping right and left to save their own ass where they don't have to spend their life in prison. And the more water that builds up in that ship, the more rats will flip. Yep. And it's coming. This is just the beginning of the tsunami of Trump's problems because all of his friends are going to save themselves. They're still got his back, bro. They still got his back for now. But it's, it's coming. 
they're all going to give him up. Mm-hmm. Every fucking one of them, because it's human nature. There's no honor among thieves. When it comes down to it, you save your own ass. If you're if you're given a decision, turn or you're going to prison. Once they realize it's a reality and they've got the goods, because right now they were just indicted. They haven't even really gotten pressure yet. But once they go and they start testifying and realize they got evidence and they got the goods on them, they're going to say, okay, I want to make a deal. Let's do a plea deal. That's when the plea deals will begin. They'll go, I'll take a lesser sentence if I turn state's evidence or I turn federal evidence. So that's when the plea deals will begin. So as soon as they go to trial and they start seeing how things are going and they're going badly, plea deals are going to start hitting the fucking wall like crazy. People like I, it, I will, I will help your case against Trump if you'll give me a lesser sentence. They're going to get a sentence. So that time that they offer a plea deal, well, you've seen go- the, they already know they're going. You've to jail. seen the lawyers in the uh, Georgia case are already trying to separate themselves from everybody else. They're starting to say, "Well, we only we only advised. We're not guilty yeah. of all the other charges. We just advised." And they're like, "No." You are part of the entire RICO conspiracy. Yeah. So, yeah, the plea deal, basically, they're going to be striking plea deals eventually. And all a plea deal is, is they know they're going to prison. Now they're trying to minimize the damage. Once they realize they are, once their lawyers that they have say, listen, man, you're going to do some time. It's time for you to do a plea. <laughs> That's what they're going to tell their client. And they're going, their client's going to say, what do you mean? They're going to say, listen, you're going to do a minimum of this many years, minimum. But we can knock it down to this many if you do a plea. They're going to say, what's a plea? And they're going to say, what a plea is, is you admit you did it. You throw yourself in the mercy of the court and we give you a le- lesser sentence and you won't have to do the whole sentence, but you're going to jail one way or another. So you're going to have all these people start saying, I take a plea. I did do it. I did do it just to get lesser sentences. Mm -hmm. And the only way they're going to get their plea bargain is if they turn evidence on Trump. So these guys that are up for like five years in prison, they're going to get maybe a year. But Trump is going to go down for the big. Oh, yeah. He's the real prize anyways. You think. You think they're really after all 19 of those, or do you think they're after all 19 because they only need one? Yeah, that's the reason I I don't want him to die anytime soon because the way they're doing it is they want to slap him so fucking hard that the next Trump wannabe will feel it. (laughs) That's what they're trying to do. They're trying to make an example of this motherfucker. They're going to make sure there is no other Trump waiting to stand in the wake of taking over this country because they're going to make an example out of this fucker and they're going to bury him. And Trump doesn't know that he is going to be absolutely fucking buried. He can't keep his fucking mouth shut. Yeah, he just went on TV and says, yeah, I did it. I called all the shots. Yeah. He's a fucking idiot. We all know that he's virtually spectrum level retarded. Everyone who has worked in his administration says, yeah, he's fucking retarded. He doesn't understand anything. He can barely read. He's got the mind of a child. And, and he's got a cult following him. And even all the people that work with him. because all his fucking cult can barely read. And literally everybody that's been working with him that, that leaves the White House literally says the, mind ha- the guy has the mind of a child. Mm-hmm. He is literally mentally handicapped. He is really dumb. He doesn't know how to do anything for himself. He's 
He's just really stupid. And they're all like, yeah, he was the president, but he's almost functionally retarded. And the cult of fucking MAGA just doesn't care that even everybody that works for him admits, yes, we worked for him for a couple of years and realized he was functionally retarded. That's why I, d- I just don't understand the whole, unless they're, they're all functionally retarded. Like Fox, he speaks to their fear, their hate. As Yoda would say, fear leads to anger. <laughs> anger leads to hatred. Hatred leads to the dark side. Mm-hmm. Oh, oh, before we leave, um, there's a reason I'm glad I'm getting rid of my phone and getting the new iPhone 15. Uh, why? I have an iPhone 12. Yes. iPhone 12s have been pulled from the market in France because they emit too much cancer causing radiation. Oh, Jesus fucking Christ. <laughs> Ugh, not in America because we don't give a shit about that. No, the more cancer the better not, here. Yeah. But apparently, iPhone 12s emit too much radiation. This is America. We make phones with extra cancer-causing chemicals. <laughs> this is America. We're all about cancer. You get extra radiation. Yeah. Everybody gets cancer. You get cancer. You <laughs> get cancer. No health care. We yeah. want everybody to have cancer. No health care. No shit. Yeah, that's the story of America. Yeah. Everybody gets cancer, no health care. What do you think? You think they already have a uh, a cure for cancer? They're just not releasing it because there's too much money in treating cancer? No. And uh, the reason I don't believe that is because it's not just one scientist or an organization that's working on that. I think there are many organizations. It would be widely spread if... If one person found the cure and just didn't release it, there would be another scientist that was sharing similar documentation and research that would come upon the same uh, cure and release it if the other one didn't. So I'm just saying when you have, you know, 20,000 scientists around the world working on a cure for cancer, if somebody discovers it and holds it secret, somebody else will eventually find the same discovery and release it. Because they're not all beheld into higher interest. Many scientists are funded by independent research organizations of philanthropy. You know, philanthropy. Philanthropists? Yeah, that. that. It just reminds hey, me. <clears throat> I know words. I may not be able to roll my R's it, in Spanish. It reminds but I know me words. of Sunny in Philadelphia where they're, they're telling the guy, they're like, he's going on a date and he's all nervous. They're like, what should I do? What should, how do I impress her? Like, tell her you're a philanthropist that always impresses women. He's like, okay, got it. So he sits down for the date and she's like, so what do you do? He's like, well, I'm a full on rapist, uh, (laughs) mostly kids, old people, those in need handicapped, uh, handicapped, definitely handicapped. Full on rapist. Yeah. It's just, I love Always Sunny. You got to watch it one of these days. It's fucking amazing. All right. So. Um, we were all over the board today. Yeah. We were talking about all sorts of shit today. Is that bad? No, we, we covered a lot of ground. Reports are that the iPhone 15 battery isn't better than the iPhone 14. Personally, I'm an Android. Per- Fuck you. Fuck you and your Android. Fuck everybody that owns the Android. Fuck you. From iPhone owners all around the fucking world. 
to all you Android owners, fuck you. Fuck you. We don't like your green text messages, you motherfuckers. Okay, bye, digress. We still like you in black. Just fuck you and your Android. Hey, his fucking Android doesn't talk to his watch, doesn't talk to his tablet, doesn't talk to his uh, his laptop. Nothing puts me in a, a bad mood quicker than seeing a green fucking message. Oh, yeah. Fuck that. <laughs> yeah, I know, right? Immediately, as soon as I see a green message, I'm like, fuck you. You send a fucking video, and it just sits there yeah. and sends and sends yeah, and fucking, sends and yeah. sends. And Android users, I have to talk to them 100 times a day. They're wanting pictures and videos. I'm like, mm-hmm. I can't send you shit. You own an Android, motherfucker. Get with the rest of the world. Buy a real fucking phone. I can send you some shit. Can't send video over 30 seconds. Fuck off. <laughs> fuck you, Android. Fuck Android fucking green text message bullshit. we've got to go all right everybody we hope we entertained you maybe opened your eyes with a few things going on and we loved you and we will see you next week bye guys later peace hi guys i have some fun on there I'm gonna suck your fucking dick.